0: And now, a 60-second improvised speech on why adults need recess, too. We got Alex Knight.
1: Life's hard. Life's difficult. Uh, We need little moments of enjoyment and release. People are addicted to their phones because we need a little bit of, like, joy. We need some sort of a little endorphin or something. Uh, And I think if we could take just 15 minutes to roll around on the floor, like I guarantee shit would get so weird, Uh, your boss and you would drop the level of embarrassment in the office, we'd all feel on par, we'd get to express ourselves like children, we could go back and attack that work much better. 30 seconds. I believe that recess is important because it's a time for flirtation as well as uh, friendship. We don't get a lot of time for friendship and camaraderie. I think games are important. I think hide-and-go-seek is an excellent thing to do in an office. Uh, I like times. to talk to teachers, and that was the only time to really connect with a teacher and tell her how you were feeling about the other people in the class. And that would be a, a good thing to have.
0: You're right. Absolutely. Adults. That was a whole minute. Oops, see, The whole timer went off on that one. Good All job. right. OK, so <laughs> you really spent recess time connecting with teachers?
1: A little, I mean, there was times, right, when you needed to, like, say something.
0: Yeah.
1: Like someone was mean to you.
0: <laughs> you had a tattle?
1: Uh, what's that line, right, of a tattle or, like.
0: Addressing a real issue. Fucking defending yourself. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or others around you. Appealing all to right.
0: authority. I think that's the right way to do it. Okay.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, now, uh, and folks of of all kinds. <laughs> that's polite.
0: It is. You did a good
1: job. Uh, I covered it. It's a new world, <laughs> and I am, as a, a cis white male, like the farthest behind. I mean, it's no fucking excuse. I should be in the front because I've been in the fucking front for everything. But, um, but yeah, I'm I'm getting better. All right, uh, now, sixty seconds of an imp- uh, of an improvised riff. No, no, this is just a riff. Yeah. It's just a riff. That's just <laughs> yeah. Sixty seconds of a riff about the emotional trauma of stepping on a Lego.
0: Stepping on a Lego is one of the most difficult things you can go through. Uh, and I believe it's probably a lot of people's first recognized trauma. Like sometimes trauma happens to you before you're able to like record and keep memories. But I think that um, stepping on a Lego is one of those ones that you, you never forget it. Um, and it's, it's awful. It really is a difficult time because it, no matter what, it's corners and irregular shapes. And it, nothing about it says your foot should touch it. Uh, it's like if if a, if a jellyfish was was um, square <laughs> instead of uh, squiggly you know and also I wouldn't want to step on either one but can you imagine the combination of the two if you had like a Legoed jellyfish or a jellyfished Lego I think that would be terribly like, if a, if a Lego could sting it would maybe be the only thing worse than stepping on a Lego on its own um, and if a jellyfish had corners might be the only thing worse than getting stung by a jellyfish so the combination is actually... The worst One, one sh- second, sorry. Good. Sorry. <laughs> <quite a bit. laughs>
1: uh, those flat ones, a one a one stack's not bad. Oh no
0: no but no, I like guess that's yeah true. yeah.
1: I mean no, I didn't say that. I'm just I'm just thinking about like stepping on like a flat like a, a like the a five by eight shingle. Mm-hmm. That's not so bad. In fact, that's almost Prefer. that that could almost be like a nice <laughs> texture. Like it would a
0: be pack. like those uh, Adidas slides that they have that mm-hmm. you would have like that have the. Do you know which one I'm talking about that have like the like plastic?
1: A hundred percent with the a hundred mm-hmm. doobie doops. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't there like were nineties that had them at River Point when I went. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so just even talking about those monologues, like, uh, there's this terrifying moment, right? And and you and I both experienced comedians, <laughs> but still are like falling, and and to my chagrin, I panicked. Kind of, you're like reaching out instead of just calm, whatever. And for me, it is like when I. I was talking about bullshit that was unrelated to me. As soon as I did say a thing about teachers, that was kind of a true thing. Yeah. Not that I like connecting to them, but I do remember that moment of like, now's the time when they're alone, everyone's distracting, you can connect with them some way. And like, I don't know, for me, comedy, all the stuff we're gonna into is about like truth. Yeah. And I was panicking and drowning until I found a moment of real truth instead of even maybe calmly waiting, finding some truth or whatever. But, or maybe not, maybe we do have to panic and swim around and look for those things. But like, for me, once I do find something real and true, it's like, oh, I can talk about that for a long time. Yeah. It's hard for me to like swim around and make jokes about school and recess that aren't true to me, yeah. but I think that's my first impulse It's like how do I make people laugh and connect with people like randomly things that aren't me, but the truth is it's easier when it's me. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Leave the swimming in the schools for fish. Anyway, <laughs> I, uh, dumb. I, uh, <laughs> I agree, that's the same thing. We, we talk about this a lot in the writing circle that we do with the comedians, where it's like if you can find whatever is hard, weird, scary, or stupid about a situation, it usually gives you enough like emotional- For you. Tie. Yeah, for yeah, like, yeah, so when, with this one, it was like, ooh, well, that makes me angry, and I know that that's, that's a hard situation to go through, so. <laughs> the Legos. The Legos, yeah. It can
1: be, it can be fucking brutal. Like,
0: I've lived a pretty easy life, I'm not gonna lie to you, so.
1: Yeah, so that's hard, that, so that's that really sticks out.
0: Me. All right, let's get started with <laughs> let's the real do it. Welcome to the Goofball Coalition, the podcast that lives where improv and stand-up collide. And now, here's your hosts, Alex Knight and Sarah Kennedy. Hello and welcome to the Goofball Coalition, uh, the podcast where stand-up and improv uh, puts on a little truce and kind of hang out. Uh, I'm Sarah Kennedy. I'm Alex Knight. And uh, this is our first episode. This is really us just kind of... uh, Swimming through a school, yeah. I guess, and figuring out what it means for us to do this this podcast, which is which I think is an important uh, piece of um, like sociology or like an art exploration, because it's not just us being goofy goofs. Although I do like that we get to kick things sure. off with those speeches, um, it's about figuring out why is there why why is there really a difference? There seems to be like a rivalry that is like very deeply set among the performers. Um, and I don't know if, if regular people can sense that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I don't know. We're going to get into it over months and months and years, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, even even my first impulse is that it's it's just an art form that people gravitate towards. And because you like this thing more, you just create a camp for it. But, like, it's just, they're similar art forms. But it's, like, whatever kind of speaks to you.
0: Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, let's get into things, because today's episode is all about um, origins, our origins stories, like uh, maybe where, where we think that this list feud started, and um, just kind of introducing y'all to us and us to y'all. So uh, Alex, uh, we've got like a, a couple questions here, but sure. really just tell people a little bit about your experience in comedy, what you've done, sure. and, and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes, so my name is Alex Knight. I uh, am from... New Mexico, Corrales, Uh, I went to school here, I went to UNM for the free tuition, Mm -hmm. uh, which was smart and great. Uh, I graduated with a theater degree, and then uh, my freshman year, actually, of college, there was an ad in the paper for this place called uh, Guerrilla Tango, and they were opening an improv theater downtown Albuquerque, which is now the recording studio we're in, which is so trippy because the, the stage was right there we used to perform. Uh, but this man from Chicago came and he recognized Albuquerque as a town that was ready for improv comedy. And, and that's something we can get into later of like the cultural evolution of a city and when like it gets comedy of any kind. Yeah. Because for sure, like a small town doesn't, but at some point people want, need, feel like they I don't know. The city wants this in some way. Uh, So anyway, so we opened up this theater. I was kind of a kid. I was the youngest one there. It was downtown. Everyone was drinking. I was too young to drink. And anyway, I like joined this community as the young kid and started doing improv there and then just kind of continued to do it. I started doing film and TV stuff in town. Um, Gorilla Tango shut down a new theater called The Box opened up with the people from there. And I started working at that theater as well. Um, I've become the artistic director of the theater a couple times Uh, we've had multiple leaders but like I was a leader for a bit I left LA came back and and I'm running the theater again right now Uh, so we do like weekly improv shows Um, yeah and that's kind of what I do is like uh, facilitate growth of the improv community in town as much as you I think facilitate the growth of the stand-ups in town and stuff not fully it's not like our jobs but I think you and I are um, definitely like mother hens that are trying to help (laughs) this community because i feel weirdly we really love it i really love improv i really love comedy and i really love giving people the tools to express themselves in this art form that has given me so much
0: yeah absolutely yeah okay cool so Uh,
1: your your turn yeah you got it um
0: so i started comedy here in albuquerque after our only like stand-up comedy club closed so laughs comedy club we had it here for a really long time through like the 80s and the 90s boom and it closed in 2009 and i started in august of 2009 because I met a comedian, Matt Peterson, who's fantastic. I met him at a party, and I was like, where do you even do this if you don't have a club to do this in? And he very specifically was like, oh, we, um, it's DIY. We do it in bars. We do it in theaters. We do it in galleries, wherever they'll have us. And that really struck a chord with me. Cause when, I was,
1: when did you have that impulse? Like, why even approach this person and say, hey, that art form you do?
0: Um, it's, How do you do it? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, uh, I There was one night that I was drunk, and I was mad at my girlfriend at the time, and I just went home instead of hanging out with her, and I wrote just, like, a five-minute set, I guess is what it would have been called, but it was just, like, just a bunch of loose jokes. And I actually used a bunch of them the first time I actually got on stage, but... um
1: Like, that would have been angry poetry or an angry painting, it but been. it came out in whatever reason for you What's as What's the deal jokes? with her? Like, yeah, It was crazy. Like very much like that, huh. but
0: um, it was... Uh, I don't know, it was one of those things where it's like growing up, I was, and we've got, we'll we dive into all that stuff too about when we were kids and, and kind of that first inclination we had. But I um, it just was always a thing. I, I knew Rusty also, mm-hmm. and Rusty was doing it uh, through Trick Lock and kind of doing one man show stuff. And I thought that was always very interesting. And um, I, yeah, so just kind of picking up the brain of somebody who was out and doing it just really, um, it gave me something to talk about to this man at a party, which was mm-hmm. cool too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a fun thing about being a comedian is it makes Easy for people to talk to us at parties. Uh, uh, they, they think they can do it. Um, or no, we
1: almost. I feel it's our responsibility as comedians to connect with as many people as we can. Meet all these beautiful people that are weird in their beautiful ways, as we all are. And like, I don't know, see those different perspectives and stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's it's so interesting too, because I think a uh, uh, one comedian named Steve Rogers has a joke where he's like, uh, people think comedians are so charming. up comedians in particular. Uh, but it's like, no, you're just seeing something that I've rehearsed many, many yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. they're I'm manipulative. Comfortable talking. Yeah, exactly. Like, whereas I think improvisers really do genuinely kind of have like a little, like everything's a gift and the kind of like approach to it. We
1: feel, we feel more naive. We feel more like sweet, loving, like,
0: oh, that's nice.
1: Whereas, yeah, it feels that's... like stand ups are constantly like mining string, from true? you <laughs> and being like, this fucking guy, I'm going to use this later or mm-hmm. something. It feels like, maybe not true. Yeah.
0: Well, I practiced this a lot in my house by uh-huh, myself before uh-huh, I came uh-huh. here tonight. Uh-huh. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I uh, started comedy uh, in a bar show, did comedy here in Albuquerque for five years, and then uh, we still didn't have a club. Moved to New York because I wanted to just see what it was like to, because at that point I was like, no more DIY. I wanted already deed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) So I moved to New York because they take comedy very seriously in New York and um, was there for five years. Got to do really cool stuff. And I think we should talk about our credits, too, because mm-hmm. we've done really cool stuff. Uh, and then came back in 2019. And oh, it was only supposed to be for a year. And then something crazy happened in March of 2020. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wild. And then stayed for a little bit longer. Um, bought a house and then decided to open up the club because it, it, still at that point, 13 years later, there still wasn't crazy. a comedy club. And so me and my wife, we run uh, Dry Heat Comedy Club, which is right down the street from the studio. And... Um, and in in that time in the 2 years we've been open now we're about to have two more come to town so we're about to like crazy yeah it's wild. Right.
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: so that's that's us um but yeah okay so we were already touching on it like what were were there times when you that you were funny when you were a little or that times where you were like comedy's a improv's a thing or
1: totally yeah 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 i mean i'm sure we were the same just growing up i was i was funny um I don't know Uh, maybe some of it was like taking care of the family like my family was fine like for sure there was nothing like weird that sticks out which i mean any family's weird in their ways or whatever or whatever what am i trying to say is that like maybe my mom was sometimes maybe sad and i would like try to cheer up my mom maybe uh so i think that's maybe where it started also i mean that's if we want to get into it like when i was really little this is not fully it. But this is part of it, maybe. Uh, uh, Boy Scouts. We're going to like take a group shower at this at this like retreat thing, and I am uncircumcised, mm-hmm. and and that's like I guess um, uh, it's uncommon, or at least it was. It is maybe uh, whatever. Uh, and I was really insecure about it, and I got a little teased about it. And I think stuff like that, also being small. I'm small in stature, and like I'm pretty skinny. Like, I had things that, you know, insecurities. And I think very quickly I learned to be, like, to, to block and defend with my wit and my mind to make people not look at those insecurities. Yeah, And to be honest, a little bit, in, in middle school there was times when that came out, as like, bullying, and I would be, like, look at that person. Like, get them. Like, that person <laughs> is is weirder than me. Don't look at me. And so, for sure, there was time when it was, like, very much an aggressive defensive mechanism Uh Then I think in high school, there was a point when I was doing that in classes and I saw how shitty it was to the teacher and I saw it was like, cool, I'm like, I don't know, I'm making aggression between the class and the teacher. And there was some point when something clicked in my head and it was like, oh, I can can make everyone happy Mm -hmm. and I can actually find a way to facilitate like less of a class clown, more of a class comedian in some capacity of, like, how can I make everyone happy and, and, and uh, I don't know, soften the edges between the teachers and students or whatever. Um, and that was, like, huge, because then I became a good person, I think, <laughs> like, whenever that was, and I totally wasn't before. I was scared and defensive and using my wit and brain to, like, hurt people or at least to defend myself in, like, a weird way. I don't know if you—did you have anything like that in any capacity?
0: Yeah, I guess that, that's in, that's interesting that you say that, because, I, I mean— I think mine was always that, like, growing up, I just, um, and now I'm realizing it's probably, like, a, a very undiagnosed neurodivergence, but, like, <laughs> I just did not, like, I couldn't uh, communicate the same way that everybody else was doing it, and so then they would look at you like, you're weird, you're, you're, like, acting weird, and so I realized if I could, like, I don't know, step outside of it and just, like, comment on stuff that was going on and make everybody laugh, then there'd be, like, some, um reassurance that I was communicating clearly or that people immediately got what I was putting down, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so just like conversationally, that was a, a use for humor. But then, I mean, I went to church for, uh, we, 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 so I went to preschool at the church that we ended up going to. And then my family got hired to clean the church. Like it was a side job that we mm-hmm. all did. And uh, we were there, we had that side job, uh, until I was, like, way into high school. So we were very involved in our church, like, like literally into the, like, the, like, nuts and bolts of the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, I got to be in a lot of plays and stuff through that, and that was the first time that I was able to say, like, like get a little theater bug and uh-huh, go, like, get uh-huh. it going. Um, and so I liked that. And then that seemed... It was familiar for me when it came down when it came time to like pick um, electives and high school and that kind of stuff too and so then it was just something which is crazy because when I got to college my parents were like you cannot major in theater like and I, I was, sometimes I wish they would have let me because it would have been a much faster college process for me but. <laughs>
1: Instead I, of figuring out I what I you like don't st- want to do? just <laughs> stubbornly just was
0: like, fine, well, I'm going to be a communication major for seven years. Uh, then, yeah, like, yeah,
1: same thing, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of, right? It's yeah. like the watered or like, yeah, the official version.
0: Yeah, so, but then. Less um, costumes. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> 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 but, uh, and then it was kind of one of those things, too, where it's like, I like music, and I like to play instruments, and I like to, I don't know, do a lot of things. And so, when I got a chance to do stand-up comedy, having, also, I mean, being in theater, you learn improv games and warm-ups and that kind of stuff too but doing stand-up comedy really appealed to me because you don't need anything you Mm -hmm. just need like the thoughts in your head and you don't have to like arrange even with other people Mm -hmm. and everything is there for you and so I kind of like the idea of like not just being able to get up there and be like actor writer director
1: yeah go it's crazy how improv you don't need anything (laughs) but you kind of at least need a person stand-up is even like less
0: Improv is so interesting. It's like it's like a Stone Soup situation. Uh-huh. It's like we don't need anything to make this happen. <laughs> oh, we Actually, need an
1: we audience. We need a suggestion. <laughs> <Yes>. We need, <laughs> we need to be other people up. We and need uh, two uh, wooden chairs. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Those really expensive wooden chairs. We need people them. don't even realize they're very
1: expensive. <sighs> They're metal right now at our theater at, at the box, and it's like it's nice because they're tough. But like we throw them sometimes, oh. and it's it's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> it's dangerous. You gotta Wrestling. like have a little thing in your head where you're like, can't go that crazy. Right. Which sucks to limit your art from. In any way, I can't throw this fucking chair against <laughs> the wall. I mean, it's good, but.
0: Yeah, I am. I didn't realize how expensive chairs were until we bought our own oh, space, sure. and we had to be like. Do
1: you guys need a chair? You need a stool, don't you? Yeah, we need a, a stool. Tall stool. <laughs> a stool
0: is very important, and stools are very expensive. Our yeah. one wooden stool was forty dollars, and I was like, how is this I'll build one. I mean, like, you
1: got to think about the people that are making comedy stool. chairs. Oh, like, yeah. they <laughs> don't have a lot of. There's not many comedy clubs, and they need to. Like, I make stools
0: them. like my daddy and his daddy before. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. i always run the, the comedy stools. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, you said music. Do you still do music?
0: Yeah, I have. I play light guitar <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what my acting resume says and uh, light guitar light um i have i i keep a lot of instruments at our house just because i like the idea that like maybe you could just hand them out and then like a little music sure little parties yeah exactly. music
1: parties yeah uh, we used to do that a that lot. That guy shows up though yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, that should we one have to guy. share the, uni- the yeah, instruments. The guitar like, guy. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: You're like, all right, that's the fourth Sublime song. Although you he's gone. One more.
1: I used to be afraid of that guy in like high school. He would take your girlfriend. But I haven't seen him in a while. Same <laughs> as the raft guide. He's he's out of my life kind of as oh. a as a threat.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. I don't. Yeah, I haven't seen like a lot of that guys anymore.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, just as an adult, like I lived in L. A. for a while, and people are like, people are shitty there, and it's like, I don't, I didn't find them. I like you. I you cultivate a community. If you're hanging out with assholes, I mean, if it's work related, you can't really deal with it. But like in general, I've kind of found a way to avoid those people.
0: That's definitely something I want to talk about in another episode too, because you picked LA and I picked New York, and I think that Uh they have two completely different vibes. Totally. The reasons why people pick them are so interesting. So I think
1: we learned similar lessons. Seen again, like you said, stuff like (laughs) done, done up all the way or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Cool.
0: Um, Okay, one other question, and then we'll scooch on to the next, uh, the next segment. We've both done both. So that's kind of, listen, as much as it's like, I'm improv, or he's improv, and I'm stand-up, we've both done both. Uh, so what is it, why, how come you wanted to try both? Yeah. And why did you end up gravitating toward improv more than the other?
1: Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I think, honestly, the improv, like, showed up for me. But also, I was getting a theater degree. I am an actor. That's, like, how I make my money. And improv is acting, whereas stand-up's not quite. It's, you know, there's elements, of course, overshadows for sure, but, like, it's not quite. It's, like, every time I do, and same thing with stand if I did, but every time I do an improv show, I think I'm, like, increasing my acting ability, which is my main thing. It's, like, going to the gym for all of my life skills every time. Also, I think the team sport, the team element, I like team sports. I like, like, passing and taking care of each other in that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely wanted to try stand-up because it's, like, they are similar, like, oh, I can make people laugh. I should be able to do it over here, too. And I've done it a few times, successes and failures in both, um, and I love it. I just, it's, it's almost like you don't have time to do both, I think. Yeah. I don't know almost anyone, there's a couple people in town maybe, but like, anyone that really bridges both of them. Because if you want to do something well, and this is something I learned from Trick Lock, I think, like a theater company I was with for a long time, like, do you want to do something, do it, do it well. If you're gonna go on stage and have people watch you you're asking to take people's time in that way, like you better be good Yeah. in some way. Not, maybe not good, but like give a shit. Mm-hmm. Even if you're oh, yeah. bad, you better be like wanting to do it really well. And so I think maybe I just never had time to dedicate fully to that. And I was always like, oh, I could do these jokes. Like I have this notebooks full of like, I'm sure like any stand ups thing, it says like stand-up and then there's like this bad, bad joke, unrefined, <laughs> terrible, like three words or whatever. Like I have it, I just haven't gone through and like cleaned it in respect towards my audience, yeah. I guess, almost. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but you, yeah. Yeah, I um, it's one of those things, too, I think is really interesting, where it's like, you know, to be an expert in something, you're supposed to have 10,000 hours or whatever people always talk about. And so it's, when you're doing both, you're 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 splitting your hours. Like, you're mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. gonna, I mean, you've just now made your, your job twice as hard. Yeah. Uh, and for me, I've found that, like, stand-up is a, this is gonna be a lifetime thing for me. I'll never mm-hmm. be like, well, that's the end of that. I'm so good at that. Like, you'll never, ever finish it. And so... God,
1: um, it would probably... Fuck you up. All of a sudden you couldn't. Yeah, if I couldn't perform.
0: (laughs) If the world was like that was that was plenty. Thank you. Because you
1: probably have a diet. For me at least, of like getting your demons exercised through the craft. Like it's my therapy more than I realize. I'm sure, and I bet gotta be similar
0: yeah it is i mean it's one of those things too where it's like because (laughs) this is such a and we'll learn more about this too the more we go through it but it's like as much as it could be my therapy there's so much i'm juggling to even make it happen Mm. like where it's like well i'm running the bill i'm keeping the lights on in the building i'm hosting i'm making sure the box office has everything it needs i'm making sure that like the lineup is the right way, or whatever. So, because of that, I don't have time to think about my demons, which is maybe its uh-huh. own therapy. it's like, yeah, don't, yeah, too yeah. don't be busy. don't even do this. Sure, um, No, they're there. Yeah. <laughs> they need to come out uh-huh. we we'll figure out a time to do that when I'm not so busy. Uh, but, like, we've got lots of opportunities for that. But, uh, improv is fun, and I do like the, the team aspect of it. Like, I think um, there's. Uh, it, it, I tried really hard to make stand-up a team thing. And mm-hmm. it's really, really hard to find people who are like, yeah, us solo performers, we're in it together. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there's something that... There's
1: moments, right? Yeah. Where, where, like, a group probably runs into each other a bunch of times at an open mic or whatever and starts to form something, i sure.
0: Yeah, they say, like, historically, like, any um, movement, like, any social movement that has, like, resulted in a, like a bunch of famous people at the same time like kind of like an andy warhol situation sure. or even further back like the Mary Shelley. yeah, all yeah it's because a bunch of people came together and they helped each other out like yeah. so they like they really rose all the boats 100 percent. and so knowing that and that's the then it's like well we should be doing that with stand-up and helping each other out and getting each other those opportunities too and it's just really hard it just seems like as soon as you kind of get something then somebody comes in and like pulls the jenga piece out and mm-hmm. makes it kind of like all collapse yeah. again which is i think maybe if we want to get really into it, like the core of creation and destruction and like that kind of stuff too. And
1: comedy, I think specifically, it's always changing and there's new ways to, to, I don't know, it's like we need to be thrown to the side in some weird ways. And like these two art forms are like, I feel in in a lot of ways like cutting edge. Like we have the ability to talk about exactly what's fucking happening right now. It takes a sculptor, you know, months to like, oh, I see this thing happening in the world. Let me process, let me put it out there. And we're like, this just fucking happened or whatever. Like, yeah. uh, so many times. I don't know. There's, like, celebrity deaths. And then it's, like, you have a show that night. Not that you're going to make fun of them, but, like, that Sometimes is a thing that is know. affecting. Yeah. Like, Matthew Perry passed away. And, like, I don't know. The audience wanted some Matthew Perry shit. And so we gave it to him. Like, lovingly, not yeah. not making fun of him. But, like, we wanted to talk about it because it's what the audience was going through. And we have this opportunity right now to be on the, the pulse mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I
0: think about that, too. Like, I've always said in my other podcast that I did, Comedy Ghost Town, I said, like, every, every city should have their own comedy club and their own comedy space because it's the only place where you can get everything just immediately synthesized and mm-hmm. given back to you like at, at the most local level all the way up through like nationwide news and world news mm-hmm. and so it's a, uh, I i think it, it, i don't sometimes people take comedy a little too seriously and they're like it's the only way for you to like laugh and have joy and the there's plenty of ways to have laugh, laughter and sure, joy sure. in the world but it is a really cool way to like have somebody have an opinion about something that just happened and kind of help you process it. I think that's a really cool thing that comedy can do. Um, And uh, I lost my train of thought about where I was gonna go with that, but I do think that um, with improv in particular, that's pretty cool that you can um, do it lovingly because I've seen some open mics where if you know somebody famous died, that they—it's hard skip, not to just—I'll skip the open mics because I'm like God, tear them up. and yeah, they're gonna ruin Alice from the Brady it's Bunch so for me. So weird <laughs> that
1: that's the impulse again. We can we'll talk about all of this shit, but like how that first impulse for comedy—I'm teaching at high schools or I'm teaching basic classes—and it's like that first impulse is always raunchy, blue. Mm-hmm. It's pulling from like the cultural. I know this will get a laugh. Like we can get into like racist humor and oh, shit, yeah. but like there is so much of that that it's like. That's not your experience. That's you calling someone else's experience, and I feel like that's—I don't know. There's just this impulse of like being rude and nasty because it's going to get a reaction. But like, I bet there'd be great stand ups of of, of of like a deceased celebrity that you could do like a smart, intelligent, loving, and still funny set about. Yeah, you, it's gotta, tough though. You tougher. gotta be
0: able to do it. Yeah, but speaking of that too, like what your experience is with the high schoolers sounds a lot like uh, when we have brand new comedians at uh, open mics. They will. <laughs> They will get up and they will do comedy that they've heard on podcasts, or they'll just be like, I've seen somebody do Kill Tony, so I'm going to act like this is Kill Uh Tony. And then, uh like, and then, so then they have to hit, like, all the, like, hot button issues or whatever. And it's like, don't just get up and try it. Yeah, tell a joke. Tell us who you are. Like, um, well, and and this is
1: going back to our monologues. It's like, at the beginning, I'm like, cool, what do you all want? And then it's like, well, what do I want? What's yeah. my truth? And then, again, there's like a softness in it. I don't know. You can feel it. You can feel that truth in there. Yeah. And those people are probably not, not ready yet. They're not comfortable enough in the art form to be able to dig deep enough to get some good stuff or whatever, some real stuff.
0: Maybe. Yeah, for sure. And the truth that you found is so profound because you also brought up about how how much you were like, I became a good, people, a good person when I stopped make, making fun of my teachers. Yeah, and I'm like, I yeah, know. you need them during recess. Yeah, so you need those, <laughs> <laughs> need those people. Uh, OK, let's go to the last segment and close things up. For cool, let's okay. do it. All right. Uh, okay. So in the third segment, what you will normally see is uh, audience questions. So if you've got audience questions, we want to hear them from you. Uh, we also talk about what we've got going on, kind of here in Albuquerque, and uh, just you know, kind of the, the wrap up of things. So um, no audience questions today because no audience. Uh, but also, uh, we if you want to give us a que- like a, a question, there's a couple places that you can find us. So we are Goofball Coalition Pod on YouTube goofball coalition pod on instagram we also have a patreon i know is it too early never no um it's patreon.com slash the goofball coalition podcast um there are two tiers that you can sign up for right now on our patreon one is team stand-up and one is team improv it is a dollar a month both tiers get the exact same uh, behind the scenes footage audience shout outs and other cool things that we're going to sprinkle in throughout it it's really a chance for us to have a scoreboard <laughs> So if you like improv over stand-up, pick that tier. If you like stand-up over improv, pick that tier. Uh, and then during these episodes, we'll take a look at the scoreboard and just see who's just winning. Just want to know. Just want to know. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. And then that way we can kind of cater things to whatever. like if, it, if, if, if people come in here and overwhelmingly want to talk about improv...
1: We'll figure it out. We'll do
0: it. I'll, I've done both. I can yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, we will we'll <laughs> yes and are the hell out of that one. Uh, where if people come in and they only want stand-up... I'll clean up
1: these jokes. Yeah,
0: exactly. We'll just... We'll stand up against this brick wall. Hmm. And we will make sure that it happens. Um, okay, so we got, I mean, we, get, we went through that little, mm-hmm. little, bit, little, little, pretty quickly. So is there just anything, what are your hopes and dreams out of this podcast? Alex, what do you want?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, I've been doing this art form for, what, 2003, yeah. 20, Sheesh. 21-ish years now. Um, and all of the time, i have been growing in my theories and my thoughts of it but i would argue that especially coming back from big city coming back here seeing what they're doing there started to crystallize my belief system in what this art form is i think i've only been really critically thinking about it for the last like three or four years like really really critically thinking about it and i think this is a great opportunity for me to look at it from a different perspective um as well as just comedy in a broader sense and like i'm honestly super excited to To nerd out about about whatever this is and why the hell I'm doing it (laughs) and why people have paid me to do it because they see value and like why why is this why is comedy even exist like of course there's so many simple reasons but there's there's a depth to it yeah I'm really excited to explore with you and and with guests and stuff I hope we go for a while and get deep in it
0: yeah that's my plan too I hope hope too we've got in in, uh, two episodes from now we're gonna talk about the audience in general and just because there's I mean the way that people are like, New York's a character in this movie or whatever, Mm -hmm, the audience mm -hmm, is just mm -hmm. as much a part of the show as the people that they're watching on stage, and so um, there's just different approaches to addressing them that I think happen in improv versus stand-up, and probably a lot of commonalities, too, so talking about that will be really cool. Yeah,
1: well, and even down to just what you said is, like, the conversation I had, I want to open that also with an audience, so, Mm -hmm. like, however we can also connect with the audience, the more we can get them in there, because going back to it, I think audience is super important for for what we do, and mm-hmm. so like that that uh, dialogue we have it here, but I'd love it with, with them.
0: Yeah. Um, and Alex and I have known each other for a long time, but uh, we're we're all this is new for us too, and you know, so we don't it's really know exciting. Each other yeah. Anymore. So if we could get a suggestion from you for a relationship, that would be great. <laughs> Something like <laughs> vampire victim or dentist patient. Okay, we'll figure that out later. Um, you can also do jokes like that to me if you ever feel the need to like be like. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, yeah, my hopes and dreams about this uh, podcast are similar. I just think it's kind of neat to um, explore anything that looks like it's conflict because on the on, maybe even on, at like first blush it does, but I've had instances where I've had to explain to like Uber drivers and stuff like what it is I do, and then they always go like, so is it like stand-up comedy? And you go like, yeah, it's stand-up comedy. And they're like, like, whose line is it anyway? And then you're like, no, not like that Weird. at all. And so then you're like, no, it's more like... Um, Dane Cook and they're like oh I like Dane Cook I like Dane Cook anyway he, he, he's your final destination
1: <laughs> I like this guy
0: he's a good guy <laughs> uh, he loves Dane Cook and he loves his line and um but I, it's also such a funny thing too knowing like the history of improv and everything that's come out of it and the people who come out of it like to only be able to reference sometimes who's like <laughs> still sometimes it's crazy. still which is crazy that's all we got uh <laughs> uh but I'm excited to talk about all that stuff too. I have a really weird theory that I one day really hope that we get to do a deep dive on about improv and about Del Close as a as a dude. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we can address that sometime too. Yeah, yeah. So that's the. <laughs>
1: that's your dream.
0: That's my dream. I just really want to pin you against the wall here and be like, did he invent Scientology? What happened? <laughs> uh, but that's it for episode one. Thank you all so much for uh, sticking out with us, or sticking out, sticking, sticking out, sticking out with us. Yeah, that's how it goes here. Um. Follow us anywhere that you get your podcasts, including on Apple Podcasts. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, review us there. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Goofball Coalition. Thank you.